This is Sean Alf, and you're listening to Like a Virgin on Banksy TV, powered by Motor Bunny. Hey everyone, it's me again, Banksy, and today I would love to get into some things, but first I'm going to introduce the next person on the podcast, Sean Alf. We continued a conversation after the 3D model reveal that we did with him. We talked about a lot of things. Mm, Shooting on set, definitely dove a lot more into virtual reality. We also talked about uh, platforms and also, oh, I talked about my first time trying VR which is really similar if you listen to Jada, Jada Kai's episode with me. She talked about her first introduction into VR. So, so we talked about different fetishes and wow, it was uh, a lot of different things, including like giantess. We talked about mirrors disorders even and um i do want to put a disclaimer that in that section of the of this episode we may have used um i think i used the incorrect terminology for um people that may have impairments or more so um with a disability. I think the proper term is disability. Fact check me, please. At me, find me. <laughs> um, but I did say handicap, which I know some people might find offensive. So I do apologize for that and definitely have learned since the podcast um, a lot more of the term- terminology. So going back and I guess knowing what we talked about, I was like, oh, wow, wow, wild. I'm really glad that I decided to run through and go over and do that extra work that boss bitches do. Okay, (laughs) but okay. (laughs) We talked about being Texans. I love having Texans. I love having Texans on here. That's crazy. I didn't plan that, but we're all in such different areas, but especially because I'm focusing and trying to focus on Texas as um, a lot of locating here in Texas first in order for us to create change, right? Anyway, ooh, for those of you that want to know about Sean's dating, (laughs) dating life, or uh, things that he's into, definitely tune in (laughs) and yeah uh, it's been really great Uh, I also want to 
include in this uh, little introduction. I am very, I'm elated. I love using that word elated because it's just like a little step above, like it's, it's a different kind of feeling because, well, this is a double-edged sword type thing because unfortunately, and I put this in the description in my YouTubes, sex workers are discriminated against, especially on social media platforms, especially in society, especially on social media platforms, like I just said, because I just got my Instagram account back. Yay, Banksy TV is up and running again. So go and check out, follow, comment, like, or heart. Check out my stories if I have some up at Banksy TV on Instagram. B-A-N-K-S-I-E TV. <laughs> and it's crazy, you know, to just touch on that issue a little bit. Um, if you are a performer, uh, you might know exactly and might relate to what I'm talking about. So yeah, my Instagram back in January of this year was suspended, I guess disabled for violating codes. Um, I contested it, I appealed it, and I was able to get it back. And I guess just a tip for some of you that this is happening with, wait a little bit if you get your account back to start posting again because there is something there that will trigger because my account was taken down again, like back to back. So I waited a while once I was able to, weirdly enough, get my account back. And now, this is the most recent time, my account was taken down like two nights ago or the other night. And was it last night? Finally appealed it and got it back. So you know what? It's a great time to go on a hiatus and focus on, well, you, <laughs> but behind the scenes. So I will be continuing work on Like a Virgin. Uh, you're going to have to check out the Metaverse Gallery once we have everyone uploaded hopefully in the near future. So back to Sean. <laughs> he also has his uh, Zero to Hero series, which uh, I am really glad that he kind of talks about on here. Y'all should definitely check that out. He will tell you where. And don't forget, throughout this episode and... Uh, also, afterwards, drop a comment below. Let us know what you think. Tell us what your favorite part of listening has been so far. And you might hear back from us. Uh, always trying to comment back on those that are interested and leave us some feedback or comments. 
follow us everywhere, banksytv.com. Now, once again, getting back to the zero to hero, Sean Alf in sharing Sean. And also can never have enough of thanking our sponsor and our partner, Motor Bunny. Make sure that you check out the website, motorbunny.com. Okay, first, let's let whoever has never seen you, uh, who's never heard about you, get to know a little bit more about you. Know a little bit more about me? More about Sean, Sean Alf. (laughs) Sean, can you tell everyone a little bit about what you do, how long you've been in the industry, the biz, and just a little bit about yourself. Sure, so uh, around 2009, I started writing about the sex and love world and through that i met a lot of people in the adult industry feature dancing as we met um, <laughs> met one of our good mutual friends that way yeah and i eventually moved out to california started writing for some press magazines uh, about the industry um i realized like the more i wrote about the industry the more people were interested in my writing they were probably just clicking on the pictures but <laughs> that's fine it was also one of those things at parties when i would talk about it everybody was so interested because they were just fascinated. So that kind of led me on that path. And then uh, I started working for a director, Jackie St. James, because she specifically needed help uh, writing scripts and working on set. So for her, I started doing scripts and um, just working behind the scenes mostly. And I think I've been doing that about three or four years. And from there, um, started working with a lot of other directors. Um, I eventually won two um, screenplay awards for porn. I did not know that. Congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. Because whenever I met you, I didn't know who you were. It was through a mutual friend, right? And, you know, I I got to know you as like, you're a funny guy. Oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) I had to go follow him on Instagram and everything. I had to see who this man was. Anyway. Um, I feel like one of the things that stood out about you was your ability to storytell. And I think not just in a, oh, you know, telling a story like, you know, in a kind of way that, that if people know, if you know him, you know the kind, like he's a really funny, (laughs) funny person, but also the way that you tell that you write, like you don't just tell stories the way that you write them, like you were talking about, you do scripts and you want awards about it, but it's really so, even, okay, whenever we're texting, like I'm like, oh my God, like just the way that you text, it's so funny and it's 
witty. Like I don't, I don't want to give you a big ego. Now. Yeah, well, I know you're gonna try to make me be funny, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to be funny right now. <laughs> I'm do my best. Everybody's expected. It's like. Yeah, uh huh? Because when the camera was off a little while ago, y'all should have seen what he was doing right over there. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, oh, okay. So our little cyber buddy is letting us know to move on to the next topic, which I'm sure they really want to know about. Okay. Um, this is about technology. I love technology. I wanted to know from you personally, what do you think is your favorite kind of technology? Um, that can go from things that you do for work, things that somebody was saying, you know, their iPhone's really great to use for technology, not just for social media, but right. for work too. Right. Um, or maybe even some of the experiences that you've had with virtual reality mm -hmm. uh, with your career. So, um... The big one that stands out for me is I actually grew up dyslexic, so uh, it takes me a long time to read books. So when Audible came out, or even phones where you could just walk around and I could download um, books on my phone and listen to them, but um, Audible, I just download books to my phone and I'm constantly listening to books and I actually learn more through listening. So that really changed my world because for instance, it would have taken me probably a year to read a book like Moby Dick, but I've listened to it three times. What the fuck? But, so that just being, that really- Wait, when was that? Like, how long ago was that? that... The, well, it kind of, if you remember like when um, iPods and, or um, what are those called? What are they, the little, basically- Oh, Walkman, Walk no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, before that, like you had to get tapes of a book and you had to go to the library and they would yeah. have like, 10 tapes that you had to get but now it literally is just downloading a book that has a whole book um probably about did you really read moby dick three times or i guess listen, listen, to it, listen right to it. yeah because yeah. it's i think it's like it's probably around 38 hours but i listen to it while i'm driving and i listen to it while i'm working out and when i'm like cleaning mm -hmm. so i'm just constantly getting fed information. Moby Dick. Yeah, Moby Dick in my brain. <laughs> dick, Moby Dick down. You're going to turn into a whale. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or that but, dick. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you travel, I guess, quite a bit. Um, you traveled here. I did travel here. Yes. Um, you used to travel here a lot, right? I did travel here a lot. In Las Vegas. I was in Vegas. I was recently in Moab. Where's um, that? It's Utah. It's in the desert. So Utah? Yeah, that's where <laughs> I do a lot of like Oh, naked that's right. Photos in the desert. So naked. I go out there. It's a good place to be naked mm -hmm. in the desert. Very hot, I bet, Very right? Hot, yeah. Very hot. But although. <laughs> you so, can keep talking about being naked. Being naked, yeah. You want to hear about that? How is it? How is that? I know, okay. Because I guess what's kind of interesting about you is that you're, you're connected in the industry, but you're not a performer. But you kind of are, mm -hmm. but you're kind of not. Right. How do you, okay. Aside from, you know, I know you're you're basically like a model in Utah. In U <laughs> Utah I'm pretty big in model. Utah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere else, but in Utah, I'm pretty famous. So how do you, like, I guess, explain to people, like, for example, I know sometimes 
like the behind the scenes is not so behind the scenes because sometimes you're in front of the screen. Right. Like, how do you explain that to people? Like, oh yeah, are you? Do you say that I'm like an extra? Or, um, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we all have different hats. We all have different ways of describing ourselves <laughs> and uh, ways of making ourselves sound cool. Like the coolest ways. Like, oh, I'm a writer, but that sounds pretentious too. Maybe not entirely true, um, but. I don't, it just depends who I'm talking to. I usually... Well, you're talking to me, so... Oh, I'm talking to you. <laughs> so explain. I don't even know how to introduce myself. I feel like I didn't. I just I let like people try to feel, feel me out and ask me questions because most people don't ask you any questions and I'm just... If they want to talk, I just let them talk. But uh, I, if somebody asks me what I do for work, I, I usually just tell them I'm in porn and then the conversation kind of rolls out from there. Mm-hmm. Do but, they say, are you a porn star? <laughs> Have you heard that a lot? I do. Yeah, yeah, you get that a lot. But I actually recently, you don't know this because it happened, I think, in April, but I um, started performing a little bit. You haven't looked it up? I can't believe it. So, oh my, forgive me. I was yeah. busy uh, looking up Utah and naked Sean <laughs> But the whole premise what behind the it fuck? is uh, it's kind of an ego death in a way because the whole thing is called Zero to Hero. So they wanted to take like a loser and <laughs> loser. <laughs> right, so I, I fill that role easily. because um, most of my humor online is just making fun of myself. But uh Which is quite funny. Y'all need to go check it out. So they wanted a dude with like a normal guy. I have a very average penis and uh I'm a very Although I come off really cool, I'm very like anxious. Are you sure that's not BDE? <laughs> but so the whole idea behind it is they want to see like a regular guy with porn stars, and so they they put me, they try to make me as nervous as possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, more of the scene is about like the behind the scenes leading up to the sex and us talking about it. And it's people that like maybe I've watched that sex for you know, three or four years, and then it's like this awkwardness mm-hmm. of how do we- I was gonna it? say, so is that what makes you nervous? What, ma- what made you the most nervous? Uh, the only thing that I really worry about is like, all right, gotta get my dick covered. Like, how long? <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing that really makes it. Like, I'm not worried about falling in love or them falling in love with me or any mm-hmm. of those things. But it's because just... you're kind of exposed to the industry before, right. I guess you started doing that, right? So you kind of... <sighs> We just keep getting cut off. I wanted to keep going. I had a really important question. Actually, let me ask that question real quick and then you can tell us to move on. You're defying the technology. He's going to get mad. I'm sorry, technology. They are going to get mad. They are (laughs) great. So, Sean, this is an important question, actually. Um, Are you dating? Are you single? The ladies want to know. I have lots of people that have asked me. They're like, is Sean single? Is he dating? Like, who's he with? You're lying to me. Nobody has asked you if I'm dating single. Are you single? Yeah, you don't have to. Oh, oh, he said yes. I say he doesn't have to answer if he doesn't want to. He's single. Is there anybody special in your life? You know, there. You're supposed to say me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I wish we live too far away. Um, no, there's a lot of people I like. I share space with a lot of people. I'm really. I have a lot of friends and casual acquaintances. Mm-hmm. Um, You've gotten to know a lot of people in the industry. Yeah, and partially from working behind the scenes, like I'm on set with people all the time. And weirdly enough, this industry can be very lonely for a lot of people. Um, so I, I do have just a lot of good friends, but sadly, I don't, at the moment, don't have anybody who's like 
my person. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you're out there, hit me up. Slide in, in the Utah. Students. They're in Utah. <laughs> They're in Utah. I'm famous in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go there without getting mobbed. Yeah, you'll find your true love there, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I did want to ask you a little bit about things that interest you as far as hobbies, charities. It could be something completely random that I have no idea about, kind of like that you finally had joined porn. <laughs> I swear, it was like, oh, you know, what's he gonna do with, and I just, when's I really didn't, I didn't know that you were really, and I was like, uh, you just I know, I'll give you wow. something to Google later. Ooh, we just got the scoop here. What the heck, okay. <laughs> this is the launch party for it. Um, <laughs> I got consent, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so things I'm interested in. Well, so charity-wise, uh, we were talking about this before, but um, this year I did three marathons, but one of them, uh, my mom has Parkinson's and she was always such a physical person and she, that was kind of her language, um, is she's very good with her hands. And so Parkinson's, it kind of, it, it's harder for her to move, but she's still doing all the things. And um, I don't know, I just had this idea, like I wanted to do like a marathon with her and raise money for this charity, uh, Ainsley's Angels who kind of help people with various disabilities compete in athletic events. So uh, we did that in Austin and we raised, we raised enough money to buy a new uh, push chair for these events, which was really cool. Um, and interesting. I saw, yeah, I saw a post of yeah, the yeah. chair. What's funny is on social media, like she's, we made a bunch of videos together and people are like, I love your mom. I'm like, but you don't love me. <laughs> They love my, my mom. If I lived at home, she'd be a social media superstar because she is very funny and she's willing to make fun of herself. And uh, but she was just so cute. That's where you got it from. I guess so. Yeah. Um, but what was really cool is she's a quiet woman, but she's very impressive in the sense of like she just has such hard work ethic. And she was like a she worked with special needs kids her whole life and. Um, she tried to teach them through movement. I was gonna say she was a teacher? Yeah, she was a teacher. And because she was dyslexic too, like me, she would try to teach them in ways beyond just school. Mm-hmm. So that's why uh, being physical for us was so important. And uh, but what was great about that whole event is just, she never, she didn't realize how big it was gonna be. And mm-hmm. so many people were cheering for her because we had her name. And we would run, I'd run her along the sidelines and she would just high five everybody. And she would be yelling, for people, it was just great. She was smiling and it was, it was a really great moment. So it's a, that's a charity that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was the name with. of the charity? Uh, Ainsley's Angels. Ainsley's Angels. Yeah, so hopefully I'll be doing, I've worked with them a little bit before and uh, I'd like to continue because uh, it's just a lot of fun and yeah. So that's That's one awesome, day. that's so sweet. Do you hear him talking about his mom? Where's his person at? <laughs> yeah, where is my person? Where are you? Why, are you so <laughs> Why didn't you go to that marathon? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're going to move on to something a little fun. Um, we're going back to technology. And I wanted to reveal something to you that you kind of helped us work on. Okay. Um, and if our audience takes a look around, we're going to reveal something to Sean that we used his, let me see, I'm gonna bring this this way. We were able to use your, let's see, let's take that. Mm-hmm. We used your photos that you sent to us. Wow. And 
we were able to bring together, bring to life virtually, a model of your head in the most, wow. let's say, realistic way that we could. I know it's really hard to capture let's my see. full beauty. We're gonna but... kind of play that so that you can see what's wow. going on there. I feel like you evened me out a little bit. You made me look a little pretty. <laughs> you took away some of the... Bring him back this way and... Oh, that's so cool. I feel like in Mission Impossible, you know, when they put like the fake faces on and they peel it off. <laughs> it looks like you did that. Wow, that's so cool. Um, let's give you a three... Well, I guess one eight view of yourself. And we are going to refine this okay. after. Um, we're going to take a couple more photos of you so that oh, wow. it is a lot more to your actual physical. I like that you got my, I have this way of like squinching my uh, eyebrows because I, I lack eyebrows, but I have that that concentration line in the middle that comes out. Yeah, you can thank the the tech. The tech. For the tech, <laughs> thank the 3D you tech. avatar tech. <laughs> thank you 3D avatar tech. Thank you. I, I'm always worried about seeing pictures like of myself. Yeah, oh, 100%. I don't think... Yeah. Yeah. I Do you see did. any differences? I, don't I see thought it did. We're about to sh Oh, well, we'll show you afterwards, I guess, kind of how we got to this point. Honestly, it just looks like a mirror or something. Yeah, I would... I think everybody would recognize that that is me. That's very impressive. Yeah. Um, you know, there was different versions of you. Oh, yeah. There's one that's a little bit, or it was more cartoony. Okay. I guess this one's the more realism Real type. Uh -huh. And I'm, I was like, oh my God, that looks so great. And they're like, no, no, no I got to do more. I was like, no, 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 it's not done. And I'm like, oh my God, what do you mean it's not done? But they're still not done, I suppose. And that is you virtually. And I hope that you would accept a little gift from us to you. Uh -huh. Um... We want to, I guess, provide you your 3D avatar okay. that you will be able to. We'll send you a link where you can have it uploaded and use it in the metaverse. And also okay. a link to be able to have a 3D file, a CAD file, to 3D print it. Uh, so you can have like a little statue, if you'd like, of your head. And I want to know from you... Um, that is amazing. How do you feel about the head that I've just given you? <laughs> it it looks Be honest, so much tell the like truth. Me. No, no, it's great. I'm it's one of those you things. You can play with this if you want to. Looking at yourself, you're you're always like so critical of yourself, you know? And so the things that I see in it, I'm like, man, that is it's so interesting. It's to pretty see detailed. Yeah, uh, when I saw is. mine, the detailed version, like that, I was like, oh, Oh, even the, the hair is always the hardest thing to do, but you guys did pretty good with hair. That's that, that was actually one of the hardest the parts trying to find oh, your yeah. hair. Yeah, and my hair is all weird anyhow, so I never know what to do with it. But yeah, you even got my eyebrows great, which I lack eyebrows. <laughs> so. I'm actually looking now too, and I'm like, that really does wow. And my hooded eyes, which uh, <laughs> I hope, like, the lids just come over. I like it. And we're going to show you some of the other ones that we Ooh, made. Okay. So right. you can, I guess, kind of make your own comparison and see which one you think is the 
That's beautiful. Right. I was gonna say ugliest, but they're all beautiful. Can you make them like make out with other people? Like, can Martin make out with the hottest one? Um, you can animate it too. We can show you afterwards, like how you can, what it looks like when you're moving. I guess some of the facial features. Um, and we can talk a little bit more too about the platform that you could upload it onto and. So I can't grow facial hair. Can I put like a mustache on? Yeah, it you can. It'll be like a skin. You can like. Some people like purchase the. The upgrade. I guess I don't know. Is that an upgrade? <laughs> some people <laughs> like facial hair. Really, I thought you looked good. I thought that was perfect. Oh no! It, I thought you it looked looks perfect. exactly like me. No, it needs facial hair. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have like a little like patches randomly that. I think it looks good. It does look very good. I'm about to go over there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> So I do want to, I guess, ask you some final okay. questions for. <laughs> All right. For the audience watching us in 360 virtual reality, Sean. First, I'm gonna say there's a post that you recently posted and you took it off. You deleted it, and I was like, what the heck? I thought it was so funny. I wanted to share it with somebody because I thought it was so funny. Oh no, you didn't. It was on my story. Maybe. It was on TikTok. It was not on Instagram. I'm just uh, remembering. Okay. Yeah, that was funny. I, or maybe you posted it before. I'm never on TikTok, so that's why I was like, it just popped up at the top. But um, tell everyone where they can find you. Um, website, social media, yeah, articles. So, I guess in you Utah. Yeah, in Utah. If you're in Utah, <laughs> just I'm there. Just ask somebody. But. Uh, it's basically my name, so Sean Alf for everything. So Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, um, Pornhub is Sean Alf. Um, I think that's all the big ones. Yeah. And follow then, him. Yeah, follow me. Why don't you follow me? Naked. Slide into my DMs if you're the one. That one. <laughs> <laughs> or if not, this just person. give it a try. We'll see. Yeah. I'll be nice to you. Oh yeah. Like I said, he's, he knows a lot of people. I know people have connections, so maybe I'm not the one. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, is there anything else that you want to throw out there? Um, tell anybody, any of, I'm sure your new fans. That... Oh yes. <laughs> new fans. Um, so the, the site I was talking about, um, at Balesa Plus, uh, dot com if you want to see the zero hero scenes or you can also follow me on my OnlyFans, which I'll be posting uh, the videos there too. Um, but yes, just check it out. That's a, the newest big thing that has launched. So that's the thing awesome. I'm most excited about. Wait, can you say that again? Because I'm like, there's a damn fly right here. Uh, what the hell? So uh, just go to Balesa Plus and uh, just you can type in zero to hero or Sean Elf or you can go to OnlyFans also, Sean Elf. Everything's shut off because there's no other shut off. Yeah, there's only off. one as of now. So one of a kind <laughs> and phenomenal. Phenomenal. Phenomenal yeah. writer. Mm -hmm. Social butterfly. Social butterfly. And famous in Utah. <laughs> Can't go anywhere. Y'all want pa the paps? Oh, the paparazzi. <laughs> the paparazzi. Mm -hmm. Go to Utah with Sean. Yeah. Out. Yeah, and follow we'll him. I'll we'll see. No big deal. <laughs> um, y'all, thanks so much for listening and watching. If you want to hear more, you can check it out later. Follow us and see what we're going to be up to for an extended uh, audio version on all streaming platforms. We will talk to you 
soon. This is Lindsay Banks from Austin, Texas, here in Las Vegas with Sean Alf. And we'll see you later. Bye. Okay. It's me, Lindsay Banks. And Sean Alf. And this is the extended version from our virtual reality sesh. Sean, what's it been like doing virtual reality, I guess, filming? Even, I, I don't know if you also write differently, if it's virtual reality well, or... So the VR that I've been involved with um, in terms of the adult entertainment industry is the camera really can't move. So most of the time it is just setting up the camera in front of the guy's face and um, so shooting that, the guy is completely just a prop. He's usually on his back the whole time, the, the camera is right in front of his face. So it takes a lot of time to kind of set that whole situation up and there's not really, there aren't shooting scripts as much as it'll be scenarios. So, you know, whatever, and if it's two women or whoever, um, the guy usually doesn't talk because the whole idea is like POV mostly mm -hmm. with virtual reality. Um, but it it's funny because it's really some guys love it because they like the detachment of like they don't have to do any work they just lay back. Mm -hmm. Most guys it's really hard for because you can't control anything. Mm -hmm. Like you just have to get your dick card and then. Is it hard maybe thing. for to get like the money shot or? Um, yeah, I think the that just depends. Well, it's more. Let's say if a guy is holding back uh, from popping, he, if he's fucking, he can slow down or switch up. Mm -hmm. But if it's entirely the female performer, he's gonna have to like stop her or mm -hmm. if that makes sense. But it's also for virtual reality, most female women hate shooting it because they have to do all the work. Uh, They're having to like squat the whole time, okay. turn around. Do they get paid more? No. Um, I mean, some people, if they really don't want to shoot VR, they're like, I'll do it, but for this rate. Mm. So it's kind of a case-by-case -case basis. Some VR shoots are shorter than others. Some, they want to keep you there all day. Some, they just, the annoyance of having to do, like, fake kissing into the camera is really hard for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, I think, uh, over COVID, I... Me and my partner at the time were paid to do a VR shoot, so they sent us one. And that was a really interesting experience because, like, my hands and things could be involved, but you can't really move. And I think at some point you're really having to arch mm -hmm. in strange ways because you want as much seen as can be seen, and it's just, it's awkward. It's, it's definitely work. So have you shot in virtual reality? Would um, you shoot in virtual reality? I... Yeah, I would, um, especially with... Uh... Me? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that you say that. Uh, yeah, I, I probably would be a very specific scenario. I don't know, like if it was just me setting up the camera and um, basically like content, I'd be completely fine with that. Like more, um, would you prefer doing it with, I guess, because people in the industry, whenever it's more... People mostly do, when it comes to VR, like mainstream pro-type mm -hmm. VR, right? It's not so popular, let's say, like independently. Well, surprisingly, um, I have, I actually worked with a few that they really didn't have that much equipment. It was just nice. the, the virtual reality camera. I think the 
issue now maybe is just having a platform that's big enough that you're selling it to people. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I think if you're in that virtual world, maybe you know where to get it. Um, but yeah, weirdly enough, there are in the same way with porn, there's big budget shoots and lower budget. That's the same with virtual reality. I would say there's like bigger productions and there are mm-hmm. small productions doing it. Um, but it, so I actually get really motion sick. So oh. I'm really worried. I think I've done VR a little bit in terms of like watching it, but as long as it stayed stationary, it'd be fine. But if the virtual reality has yeah, some people have like much. vertigo, right? Mm-hmm. When they, I guess, use it too much or too long. Yeah, they say take it off and wait a while right, before right. putting it back on. I have customers that they switch back and forth. Like they'll put it on if it's like, <laughs> I guess like, <laughs> um more whatever if there's more to see right Mm -hmm. and they'll take it off if we're just like hanging out and yeah no i they'll go it just depends what's going on Mm -hmm. they'll take it off put it back on but i live stream it's not a Mm -hmm. something well i guess for this you would have to wear it well not for this audio but for our virtual reality video that we just did they would have to watch the whole thing completely i feel like People that are just—I don't know. I feel like a—I thought a lot of people had been more exposed to even having a virtual reality experience, mm-hmm. simply even just putting a headset on. Right, right. But at, to me, in my experience, a lot of my fans and members, customers, Pat, like a lot of them are like, "No, I've never even tried on a headset." I'm like, "What? Really? That—that's kind of crazy." Yeah. But at the same time. I guess maybe is that a privilege? Maybe even in the industry. The first time I ever tried it was at a show mm-hmm. and somebody had a booth. It was like VR or something and they were just like letting you try on the headset and then playing like, I guess, porn or something in the back to watch and or not in the back on the set. But that was my first exposure and I was like, oh, whoa, what the heck? And then I started doing things at home where it was like the... A nature scene or something or like you know and you can like kind of put yourself in different positions or wherever it is to have a different view of whatever you're looking at it was like the mountains i think yeah. was it the fucking mountains in utah that i was looking at i'm surprised i wasn't there like you could see oh my god everything. right naked oh my that's god. what pulled you in the virtual <laughs> is my nakedness mm. hidden in nature wow thank you you're welcome wow, i'm yeah. like the fishing lure that like, reeled you in no wonder i should have known mm-hmm just that tingling exciting feeling that was i hope that person don't get jealous okay that person out there waiting for him <laughs> i'm i'm over here i keep like acting i feel is it just because when there's a camera around it's like ah i look yeah. at the camera even though we're not filming anymore we're just doing audio it's so funny you are so i mean as a web camera you're so trained to look at the camera yeah whereas i haven't been in front of the camera as much so but i still see you kind of maybe you're looking over there well you keep looking at it so i'm like is it (laughs) i know well the noise just went off too earlier i was like wait was it on i didn't know um and yesterday or was it yesterday i'm losing track of my days but we had um jada kai She was looking at the camera too, and I'm like, oh my god, is it like the performer, I guess? And I was just used to train to kind of make eye contact. I freaking thought the camera was on right now again. I was getting closer to it, making eye contact. Okay. Have you ever slept with somebody 
who like there's a mirror in the room and they keep looking at the mirror or you're like that's mirror. that they keep looking at the mirror no i was like if anything i feel like i look at the mirror more mm-hmm. why do you i don't look at the mirror but i've noticed i think with performers i was in this one room that had uh, windows and I could see them like looking at themselves. There, I gotta make sure I look good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it makes more sense for camera because they want to, you know, it's more about the performance yeah. and all that stuff. But, but some people have a fetish for that. Of course, yeah. For anything, I guess, right? <laughs> anything that you can think of as a fetish is out What's there. the weirdest thing that you've written about or read or even seen in the biz? Maybe not even in the biz that you're like, holy shit, that is an interesting fetish. You know, uh, so I am on like Sex Panther, which is me like talking to people online, and and it's not necessarily the weirdest, but my favorite one is the one uh, where the people like to be miniature, and they the giant test, yeah, giant test, uh-huh. and they want you to like step on them and like put sit them on in them, pocket. yeah, put and, them in the pocket, yeah, 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 and they they almost always have that fetish of being like eaten. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's so true. I've done one um, giantess, Mm -hmm. I guess, shoot or whatever you want to call it. And that one is so like they had like the little tiny, there's like little figures that you get that they're like the size of like your pinky, like Mm -hmm. smaller than your pinky, like half your pinky. And then you like talk to the little person, right? <laughs> yeah, Isn't yeah. it so interesting? I wonder, because I'm always curious as to like what triggers these fetishes. Um, and like if you go back in history, not necessarily fetishes, but there were like certain psychoses that people had. Like for instance, I think in the 1800s, there was this common cultural like fear that some people had that they were like made of glass and that they would just break. And so what's interesting about fetishes is That's I feel fun. like it changes over time with the culture and everything. So with the giantess one, part of me thinks, okay, maybe it's like when you're a kid and you're looking up at women or men or whatever, and they're just so much bigger than you and you want them to like take care of you kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's sort of wired into it. That's sort of how I think of feet too, because you're as a toddler, you're like crawling around and sometimes the feet are the first things you interact with. You know, okay. I can't (laughs) say who or anything, but there was somebody that, and maybe they're open about it. I don't know. But it was somebody that was with one of the companies in the biz. Mm-hmm. And he told me that he remembers with the moment, like, he knew that, I mean, he was younger. Mm-hmm. So he didn't, re- it didn't register right, to him like was. that. Mm-hmm, but he remembers looking, like, I guess he was, like, playing under the table. I don't know what. And there was, like, the mom and the mom's friend there. And they were sitting at the table. And they noticed, like, their feet oh see that Mm -hmm. that goes to what i was saying is like you're just on that lower level and like i remember as a kid like holding on to people's feet like i don't have a foot fetish but i'm thinking um like what could have triggered it right because there was this other guy who started this website called insects which was like a precursor to kink.com kind of the same thing Mm where extreme bondage and his first like sexual experience was his cousins tied him up in a jump rope and tickled him and then he came but then it also begs the question did he have a predisposition to like being tied up or was it that he was tied up and that was like his first mm-hmm. imprinting thing that happened, like his first orgasm. And so every orgasm is part of the pun, but tied to that. <laughs> Did you have so, that plan? <laughs> See, this is that writing, that, that, writing this is that, that storytelling writing that I'm talking about from earlier. 
Um, and I feel like, too, a lot of different things intersect with maybe not even certain, but different fetishes. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes, um, for me, I've noticed people that are into feet a lot of times tend to be also into like humiliation or oh, stalking yeah. as well or these other little like things. being stepped on or being uh-huh oh, that could be very true yeah uh, somebody also was saying i don't know if this is true but there's something about feet uh in the brain like maybe your motor f- movement mm-hmm. is next to your arousal center so sometimes there's like some weird stuff between mm-hmm. those but maybe it's uh, like the genetic makeup yeah, I mean, it's always a little bit of both. It would be very curious if you're a researcher out there to track fetishes through families and see Ooh. if, like, foot fetish is if you have a genetic predisposition for it. Yeah, but, you know, that would be so hard, too, because I feel like people some people don't say. It. Yeah, uh-huh. 100%. It's, like, so private to some people mm-hmm. because some people think, well, I mean, okay, we we all know and talk about, at least in our business, like, you know, the stigma that comes with it, right? And when it comes to sexual fantasies and desires in America, too, like in America, in a lot of different countries, it's super looked down upon to even talk about it or to even express any kind of sexual pleasure, right. even. I mean, porn, or there's porn that's banned in how many countries that you can't access or how are you supposed to even learn about? Right. That you like it, you know what I mean? Or not just like it, but learn about it. I don't know. It would be awesome for somebody to research. It'd just be hard to do because you'd have to go back generations and you don't have that data of like, what was great-great-grandfather Pappy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my, and that'd be a little weird, too. Well, I mean, that'd be like, I guess somebody from Alabama might want to know what their grandpappy yeah. was interested in. Well, isn't that fascinating, <laughs> though, that we're... Like, when you think about your parents and you think about your, their fetishes, like, it's so hard to even conceptualize them as sexual people. Yeah. Especially in our culture. But, if, you know, of course they were because we're here. How mm-hmm. else would we be here? But, yeah, the, the sexuality in general, just the, the forming of it and the evolution of it and the different ways that it emerges are really interesting to mm-hmm. me. I just watched a movie last night and... It started with, you know, the narrator talking about, like, her parents Mm -hmm. and when they first met, whatever. And she said, you're not, you're not supposed to be talking about, or you're not supposed to talk about your parents' sex life. And she's like, you're not supposed to, but I am. But it's still weird. Like, it's, you know, whatever. But just the whole even plot in between it was not based off of anything sexual. To me, it was, she brought it up in a funny kind of way, but also in a very realistic, like, yeah, that's true. It's so hard to explain. You'd have to watch the movie. I was reading this book recently, and it was sort of the same thing where he found out his, he, I think his father may have died, and in his father's like attic, he found these videotapes, and it was um, homemade videos of basically people with um, disorders like either in a wheelchair like or... Like handicap. Handicap, uh-huh. right? And it wasn't necessarily videos of them having sex, but it was clearly sexualizing mm-hmm. them. But the kicker was that his mom had a severe limp. And so he sort of realized part of his dad's attraction to his mom was because of this. But then also what his mom kind of found... I think his mom may have found the tapes. And so how that impacted her... Of like you were fetishizing this thing that and I hated in myself. Oh whole shit! Life. But it also makes me wonder if that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. 
So there's certain things like, for instance, if you met a guy and all of his ex-girlfriends mm -hmm. were Latin women, mm -hmm. would that be a red flag for you? Would you be like, this no. guy's fetishizing Latino no. women? No, it, but it also depends. Is the guy white? <laughs> Is the guy yeah, right, right. not Latin. also in my culture, right? right? And, Cause you know, it's weird because I'm like... I don't think automatically I would go straight to thinking, oh, I'm being fetishized. Mm -hmm. I would probably be like, okay, this man loves Latinas. Like, right. okay, he likes me. But I think I would lean more toward that. Yeah. I would hope and, and maybe if I really liked him, you know, use it. And you kind of learn, I think, as you get to know people. But I don't know, that lady was married to the dude and didn't know till she found the yeah. tape. That's yeah. why I'm like, well, shit. Yeah, you may just don't know. But then it's hard. I think it happens. Uh, I was talking to uh, a woman who's half Korean. Mm -hmm. And she said, yeah, if I met a guy and I realized that all of his exes were, you know, Asian, Asian. that would be a huge problem for me. But what's interesting is I dated a, a woman from uh, Hong Kong. And she said the same thing. But she exclusively dated white guys. Mm. And so for some reason, there's not... Maybe they went looking for her. I'm just kidding. Could be that. Kind of. It could be. I mean, I don't know. And we all have, let's yeah, say, our things preferences. That we're, yeah, right? attracted to, right. Yeah. And I think, even with myself, like, it's very embedded for us to have, like, a that preference. But also, I think it, it takes work to kind of build down from looking at the physical. Right. But some people want the physical. Right. Other people look for other things like communication mm -hmm. or their brain. I don't right. know, whatever it is that you may find attractive. And it's not always a physical appearance, right? Right. It might be a same kind of mentality. So I don't know. It's, for me, it's like I have to really get to know somebody before I even can trust. Like, do I even like them? I'm like, do I fetishize? I don't think so. I don't think so I. So you, like, when you're hanging out with somebody, it's. Mm -hmm it's a slow burn. Like, do you ever have that where you're completely giddy right away? No. But you know what? I just thought about something and I was like, ah, oh, you know, I have, I don't really talk about this very much. I've talked about it with some close friends actually, because I had a conversation with somebody in the industry and they're like, they wanted to know what my type was. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't really say, I don't really talk about that stuff very much, mm -hmm. like on a regular. And then finally, months and months later, something happened she's like oh my god is that your type and i thought about it more and i was like you know what okay i talked to her about it and i was like you know i usually tend to date or the more majority of guys that i've dated have been white mm -hmm. um not that i haven't dated outside of right. a white you know white people but i feel like and i know i've noticed this based off of the different people i've dated that i get treated differently mm -hmm when I'm with a white man versus if I were with somebody that looked anything other than white, right? right? And I remember she looked at me, she was like, I've never had to think about anything like that. She's like, I've never thought that. Like, I've never, like, what? Like, it was almost alien to her that, that would even cross somebody's mind, right? But we were in different, different demographics. She was a white girl, mm -hmm. so it was a different demographic, something that she hadn't really experienced or would even notice. I don't think I dated any white guys since then, but also I've, I've been a lot more aware 
as well because some of those relationships it's so weird I guess just because of cultures and like how you grew up it's so weird like how you can grow up differently based off of how you look right and even when it and that intertwines into everything like from how you live to dating to whatever it is and I mean it's partially the one the historic uh, the culture that comes along with the your genetics you know the where you come from will but it's also you know how people react to how you look so it's like that combination of what you came from versus how people treat you based on how you look and then I think we as humans are sort of drawn to the familiar and the comfortable Mm -hmm. so for instance like maybe when you were in elementary school and there's like a group of girls playing and there's like a latina group and a white group you're like Mm -hmm. well those look like me so i'm gonna you know i tried i think i was too mexican in my school like it was a very small town exactly it was a small town in texas that i went to school in so elementary was definitely a lot the majority of the were all mexican there's like two white people maybe but then once middle school and high school came through, which was the next town over mm-hmm. where I had to go, it was like all white people. Oh, and so I think I was one of the only Mexicans that knew Spanish. And so we were kind of in between like, almost like mm, alienation might be too strong of a term, mm-hmm. but it's like, I didn't quite fit in with the Mexican right. or colored people that were also Deni- not denying I don't know if they were quite denying like their culture but like a lot of their culture was not present because there was a lot of white right. people and all the AP classes all of the extracurricular activities there were like majority yeah I can't even think of yeah no so it's very I feel like it, it was different like and even them kind of like they didn't really always want to hang out with the Mexicans, mm-hmm. like, and I played tennis, and tennis is a very white-dominated sport. Right. Very. So whenever me and my twin were in tennis, it was so different for us. We weren't able to really create really good friendships with Mexicans till after high school. What I think is interesting is when we don't really think about our cultural identities as much when we're younger. And I remember, mm-hmm. I remember being in elementary school, and uh, I was like, we solved racism like we're Thank I didn't you. even think like I think we kind of learned about Martin Luther King and you were like yeah that's it and then you get older and it becomes more of a thing but what I think is fascinating too is when you're if you've ever had this experience so when we, we both grew up in Texas mm-hmm. when I left Texas I identified more as being Texan mm-hmm. if that makes sense so it's almost like you don't notice it when you're in your elementary school but when you're pulled outside of that and put in a, yeah. a different okay. group then you're like you cling more to that culture that you mm-hmm. have. I feel like that with like being Latina. Like I feel like old now that I'm older, mm-hmm. I definitely connect a lot more. I want to be connected mm-hmm. a lot more with that that part of my culture, I suppose, right? right? But it's also like you have to remember too, because there's just so many different kinds of cultures and kinds of people, people, right? And whenever people talk about, oh, that's cultural appropriating and cultural appropriation type thing, like, oh my gosh, for me, like, the lines get so blurred sometimes because it's like, you know, you want to expose people to, like, be open and want to celebrate your culture with you, right? Right. 
But, you know, there's so many people that are very against, like, you know, allowing, let's say, foreign people that might not quite right. get it. It is hard because, I mean, America is, we're a huge melting pot. We're like mm-hmm. this amalgamation of all these cultures that came in. And it can be hard for people because in some, some sense, like, we want to celebrate everybody and we want everybody to experience it. But then if that is your culture, you get defensive in a way where you're like, well, I don't want you guys to bastardize. Been there. My culture. Been there. And it's crazy, too, whenever you add on top, like, being in the industry. Mm-hmm. And I'm so bad at explaining. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to get into get this into shit, right? I'm like, shit. Sorry, you put prepared notes? Yo, I know. Because then I would have told you off. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Fuck this guy. This white guy from Utah. Yeah, he tried from Utah. He's popular in Utah, not Texas. <laughs> just kidding. Um, okay, but change the topic now because okay, I feel so like we really got into that. Like yeah. we, I'm, I could definitely like just keep yapping, yapping, yapping to where somebody doesn't even know what I'm talking about anymore. But more about you. More about me. More about know. you. I know. Fine. I don't think that. Have to stop talking about me. Um, ask me a weird question and we'll see where it goes. Okay. I already asked you if you're single, so... Mm-hmm. That's not a weird question. I know. I thought that right now. But you're from Austin, so... I am from Austin. Mm-hmm. That's correct. So, if you want me to ask you a weird question, how about what is the weirdest, weirdest, weirdest thing that somebody has said to you on a set or during a show or event that you were like... Maybe it was a performer mm-hmm. that you ended up oh. connecting to or I'll something s- that was just like the, oh. So th- this isn't particularly weird what she said, but how she said it, this happened two days ago and it's so fresh in my mind. So uh, we were sitting there talking. Uh, she has a kid and my sister just visited with her kid. And so we were talking about different parenting styles and... Uh, Basically how it's almost impossible not to traumatize your kid. We went down this whole road of, you know, just... Did y'all agree on that? Um, we, were, we were kind of talking about how it's, it's just so hard to... Not traumatize your kid? Yeah, in one way, like, <laughs> you could be the best parent ever, but yeah. even, like, being overprotective, like, you want your kid to have challenges. Anyways, all off topic. So we're having this, and she's, she's like, um, let me just segue for a second. I'd really like to have sex with you sometime. Uh, and, I, <laughs> and I was like, and have a kid. We can yeah. see our parenting styles. No, I was like, I would like to have sex with you too. I mean, we'll do it another time. And she's like, okay, great. So can we do it after this conversation? Right, but then she went back into the conversation, and I'm like, I never realized that was like a sexy conversation. You know what? That's definitely a turn on for turn on for women. I feel like talking about men, specific specifically men that talk about their kids Mm -hmm. or raising kids if they don't have kids you know what i mean their thoughts about their children in the future there's research that shows that after a divorce um women who are a single mother their mating value goes down in the sense of like they can't get as high of partners as they once had Mm -hmm. but a guy who's a single father his mating value goes up because um it's women can see this is a good father he's responsible he can take care of a kid and that knowledge is so important for in evolutionary terms like if they want to have a kid together Mm -hmm. they want a father who's going to be a good father Mm -hmm. 
so interestingly enough that is such a huge i mean that's why the whole dilf thing mm-hmm. is big if so i went to disneyland recently and i was showing my friend this there's a thing called dilfs of disneyland mm-hmm. which is very oh popular. my god i know about that but there's also a milfs of disneyland not nearly as popular guys <laughs> that's funny don't want to see hot women with kids they just want to see hot women mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's yo right mm-hmm. the it's so the dynamic of how different it's viewed mm-hmm. just based off of whether you're a male or a female right but that's also why on dating sites guys a good strategy is they'll post pictures with their dog because it shows they're responsible and pictures with their nephews and nieces oh my god and then they're like that's not my kid and yeah. like okay i remember there's actually a guy um we we had had dinner it was him and his wife and they had ju- they had a baby and they're like oh here you go you can take a picture with our kid if you want and he said, <laughs> yeah they, they literally said that i was like okay so i did i took the picture with the kid but i'm like oh my god that's funny because yeah. <laughs> i guess he had that mentality right yeah i mean it's it's strange and also like i've had i've babysat people's dogs before i have a lot of friends with animals i don't have any myself but I've dated a lot of women with animals, and, it, like, I never get talked to more than when I'm with a dog. I mean, part of it is they just want to pet the dog and all of that, but it is so weird that... Or have sex after you talk about fathering. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's like, if women don't necessarily care about abs, but they just want to they see... They care about that, bitches. Yeah. They want to see that you're responsible. They want to see yeah. that you're a good person, I guess. Some. Some, yeah. Some people, like, some bad people attract other bad people. That's true. I mean, there is that. I think there's also a split between I may be sexually attracted to a person that is, I don't know. Evil? Yeah, uh, evil. Cause they're, do you they're, like that? No. <laughs> I'm, I'm not necessarily attracted to that. But I'm saying, like, as an example, there's there's women you know who are a little bit crazy and a little bit, like just like sadistic you shouldn't fuck with them in the terms of like I always judge people by how they talk about their exes Mm. so if you meet a girl and all of her exes are psychopaths she's a psychopath yo I've met some guys that they'll be like that and then they're the one that actually but what's hard is women who are a little off balance that way usually give 110% in the bedroom so the sex is great but they're not people you want to have a relationship with. I'm not denying. I'm looking around because I'm like, <laughs> do I categorize under that? I don't know. I, I, what psycho do you? Yeah, I think there was actually a study recently that affirmed that. But it sort of makes sense because if usually for women who are like super clingy or whatever, they want to do everything they can to make you fall in love with them and be that person. So they're going to pull out all the stops in the bedroom. Yeah. But you know, especially like... If you're reluctant because you know, like, I don't want to fuck with this person because this person could ruin my life. But they are like, I have to do everything I can to get this person. Then sometimes that sex is just... Is it worth it? It's almost... I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) In the moment, it seems worth it for sure. (laughs) But then the repercussions of like... Now, is it right after or is it months later? You're like, oh, maybe that wasn't a good idea. So this kind of goes back to something I think about often, which is the idea that uh, a lot of women have this idea that guys are just after sex, which is very true for some guys. But for me, a lot of times sex shows me if 
we're compatible or not. Mm -hmm. Because one, if the sex is good or bad, if it's good, that's great. But it also, it strips down, like as soon as a guy comes, it strips down all of that desire to have sex and then he's left with, do I like this person mm -hmm. or not? Mm -hmm. And so I've had both of those experiences where like, as soon as I come, I'm still like so infatuated with him. So it wasn't just the sex, but I've definitely had the experience where as soon as you have sex with him, you're like, okay, I need to distance myself from this person. Now, was that because it was bad sex or because it was bad personality? Um, it could be both, but I think, um, so I think our emotions oftentimes trick our, our rationality and sometimes we can, it, our, our desire to have sex can trick our brain into thinking we like somebody more than we do. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you take that desire away, then you're like, wait a minute, no, this is a terrible person or whatever it is. But there's, uh, your brain will, will come up with excuses for why this person is great or okay or whatever it is. But, um, been there. Yeah. So in a way, I think having sex with somebody as soon as possible can be really good because it can show you if you like them or if you're going to be compatible in that way. Cause I mean, there's nothing worse than you date somebody for like three weeks and then you have sex and then you're like, mm, this is, do you give people off. a chance? Do you like, let's say if they're not maybe the best at the first or second time? Oh yeah, for sure. It's not, so it's not necessarily that the sex has to be amazing. It's just more, I guess the vibe. My main thing is, um, somebody's open like not completely closed off and I'm not saying like you have to be open to having anal sex or whatever it is you know what I mean you just you you can't be closed so open sexually or open mentally mentally mm. not so, like because we all have our, our boundaries and things and I don't necessarily need a girl who's like I don't I like gangbangs or I'm interested in all these weird mm -hmm. things I don't need that at all just in the sense of like maybe I haven't tried something I don't know if I would like it or not. We can try it sometime. As opposed to, I've never done that, no. I'm not interested in that kind of mentality. And I think that's with everything, though. Like, for me, going out to eat, I don't really care. Let's try something new. I'm completely cool with that. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and, but if you're that way where you don't want to try new things, I mean, that's just indicative of your personality in general. So. You know, I had to ask you all these questions for the ladies, right? For yeah. the ladies? This yeah. isn't for you? This yeah, isn't asking for, for friends. Mm -hmm. Friends. Plural. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. I don't, I don't believe you, but okay. Y'all should see my face right now. He don't, <laughs> he don't believe me. He doesn't believe me. She's lying to me. She lied to me before. So. When? When did I lie to you? Don't discredit me. <laughs> I got receipts. Facts. <laughs> Show the text message. <laughs> I will. I'm just kidding. I have to scroll all the way up because we talk so much about you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding, we never talk about you. So I want to ask you, what's your favorite thing sexually or in the industry? Like, about the industry, just overall, what's your favorite thing? Oh, um, maybe this could go for both, but, um, and this kind of goes toward the, uh, the nude modeling stuff, is that I was really insecure about my body growing up, and... 
nude modeling. I kind of I streaked in college and stuff, and it was a way. Are you sure me. you were insecure about your body? I was 100. You work out all the time. Well, that's because I'm insecure. If I wasn't insecure, <laughs> I wouldn't work out. It's like the prettiest people are the most insecure because they wouldn't be that. I'm, I'm, you know, I think there's some fact to that or yeah. something. So, um, but this is recent too with starting to perform. Um, you can look me up online. Like, it's out there. And the videos with the zero to hero thing, like, they want to make me look nervous and anxious in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not, I don't look cool. And, but what's been so great is when you put yourself out there and you're vulnerable, it's just so freeing mm-hmm. in a way. And even talking about sexuality, it just leaves this, like this weight off of you. Like, you don't, we don't have to hide anything. We don't have these secrets that other people have. Mm-hmm. And so in porn, in sex too, like when you have sex with somebody, you're not hiding. There's no more secrets. I mean, there are secrets and stuff, but it is just this way of being vulnerable, which... And kind of free too, right? Yeah. And I think even like with conversations, and so it's probably why... Uh, my conversations always go down these roads of like development and who people are, but it, it's just a way of like vulnerability builds connection. And me being vulnerable online, I've had, I wouldn't say like a ton of people, but I've had a lot of women reach out to me about like how much they've really liked the series. And it's not necessarily a sexual thing, it's just like, it's actually really awesome. I, I've talked about it with more than one person where I'm like, yeah, you know, the, the kind of, would you say character, I suppose? Or like the kind of, I guess, how you, is it portray yourself? Yeah. I'm not sure. It, it's so unique. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My online persona, yeah. I guess. I mean, maybe it's different parts of you that come out throughout right. that, right? And it's also like this kind of genuine feeling because like even me talking with you right now I'm like oh my gosh like it's so and even with some of the other people that we've talked to it's liberating like mm-hmm. to be able to feel comfortable enough to talk about these certain things that right. you wouldn't really with people that aren't mm-hmm. familiar with yeah. I guess the career choices that we make yeah yeah so which are very real life you know yeah I so for me like online I feel like there's a few people in this industry who have huge egos and ego is almost like the self delusion that you think you're great or whatever. And part of, for me specifically, like I make fun of myself a lot online and I pretty much invite other people to make fun of me online too. It's almost to the point of like, it's like self deprecation. Yeah. But in a way, one, it makes people more willing to open up to you because they're like, okay, this person can make fun of themselves. Mm -hmm. But I think it just liberates you in a way because it doesn't, you're, you don't have this delusional sense of how great you are. And I, so in porn specifically, you'll meet women who they're coming up in the career and they start to get a big head and a big ego. And in a lot of ways that helps them with their career. But I know older performers who have been famous and they are not as famous anymore mm-hmm. and how hard that is because they built their identity around this false belief of who they are mm-hmm. and then they have to confront that reality alone when they sort of start to fade out of the spotlight mm-hmm. and so for me 
being vulnerable and talking about my insecurities and like let's say even if I did win an award I immediately make fun of it because I there's this poem that I always think about it's like if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same so this idea that I mean it doesn't really change who we are so I don't I don't really believe the praise and I don't really believe the criticism all that much it's and I think, I don't know. and what's hard about porn, the flip side of what we're talking about is even though you're being vulnerable and you're like, you're showing, you know, you'll meet women and you're like, yeah, my asshole's all over the internet, like millions of people have seen it, like what do I have to hide, be afraid of? So they're liberated in that sense. Um, but it can also, the flip side of that is, you know, people, they live in a false reality of fans telling them how great they are mm-hmm. all the time. The fans that will support them. Right, no matter, no matter what, what. No matter what. Like, nobody's just going to be like, you're being a little bit... Extra, or like, hey, I don't think that's okay. Yeah. There yeah. We, yeah, that's true. That's fact. So, I guess that's the reverse of the good thing about porn, is <laughs> what it can do to certain people. And yeah. How uh, these delusions of grandeur of how important they think they are. That's actually a great, that's great insight. I think for somebody that's not in the industry, but also for somebody that is also in the industry mm-hmm. or maybe even just starting, uh, oh my gosh. I'm like, shit, am I ever going to go away? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm here forever. <laughs> I'll just go to Utah with yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, and you'll, I'll be famous in Utah forever and you can be my... Trophy wife. <laughs> no, thanks. See, there's consent again, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we're going to wrap it up here because this has been really awesome. Yeah, it's actually. been really good. Yeah. You talked about a lot. Of, this was really, really good. I feel like you opened up on here, not just on the screen. Can you tell everyone one more time where they can find the phenomenal, amazing, one-of-a-kind... <laughs> Famous in Utah, <laughs> script writer in the adult industry, Sean Alf. So you can just, it's Sean Alf for everything. So S H A W N A L F F. And that's for Instagram, Twitter, OnlyFans, TikTok. You can search me on Pornhub as Sean Alf. Um, and you can also go to Balesa Plus and search for my new series, Zero to Hero. Thank you for sharing that. We're definitely going to check out your series because... You pervert. Ah, there's consent. Okay. I have receipts. I consent. Yes, it's true. <laughs> I told her it was okay. And y'all, I'm going to go have some fun, probably laugh at Sean because he likes it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is Lindsay Banks. I'm in Las Vegas here with Sean Alf, having a great time. And we're on BTV like comment subscribe and follow sean we will talk to y'all very soon bye bye guys make sure that you listen in for sean talking about a charity that is something that he actively supports and we here at BTV have definitely 
been inspired by Sean and are going to make a donation. And we would love to encourage you to take a look into the charities that he mentions. And also down in the description below, there is a link where you can check out uh, where to support super super special cause for him um something close for him and his mom so super great to have your support there and thank you so much ahead of time to those of you that do decide to match and or also donate uh, any amount always is helpful so Thank you once again.